God's responsibility to give me the increase. And God said, I'll make a deal with you. If you sow abundantly, I will bless you abundantly. But if you sow sparingly, I'm not wasting my blessings on you. Amen. So allow me this morning, if you would, to introduce our theme for this year. So what? So what? That sounds like an interesting thing, doesn't it? Matter of fact, some of you are thinking right now, now that's how I feel. So what? Who cares? What difference does it make? I've tried before and it didn't make any difference, so what do you think me doing anything about it now is going to change the outcome? You see, that kind of theme and that kind of attitude is an attitude of indifference. It is an attitude that very much reflects the condition of the day in which we live. Because Jesus himself said that in the last days it would be like the days of Noah. And I love how the Living Bible translates Luke seventeen twenty six, And Jesus speaking says, when I return... The world will be as indifferent to the things of God as the people were in the days of Noah. So a a precursor to the end time, he said, was going to be this attitude of indifference. So what? It doesn't matter what you try. It doesn't matter what you attempt. It's not going to make a difference. We are just creatures of fate. Our end has already been decided. My mistakes have already determined my future. And so it doesn't matter. It's not important what I do this morning. It doesn't matter if I worship or not. It doesn't matter if I pray or not. It doesn't matter if I get involved or not. I'm just a person that sits on the pew and occupies the space. And if that's your attitude this morning, you need to be the first one in the altar because we need to have an attitude adjustment. Because all it takes to change a so what from an attitude of indifference is one letter. And now it's not a statement but a question. So what? What am I going to invest in today? What am I going to give my time to today? What am I going to give my energies to this morning? Because I am going to give them to something. But now my life moves from an attitude of who cares or it doesn't matter or if I pray it won't make a difference to, hey, what could happen if I did pray? What could happen if I did worship? What could happen if I did give? What could happen if I did reach? What could happen if I did make an attempt to do something for God? So it is not an attitude of indifference anymore. It is now an attitude of purpose that I'm not here by accident, that God did not make an accident or cause an accident, or as some parents have said about their kids, they were an accident. 
when they were birthed. They, they were a surprise. They were not planned on. I want to tell you that not one person in this building this morning is an accident. Not one of you are here by some strange twist of fate. You are not here because of some rendezvous between a man and a woman. But your life was ordained by God. God said, I knew you in your mother's womb. Before you ever breathed your first breath, I knew you and I had a purpose for you and I had a will for your life. Hallelujah. And so we move from being indifferent to moving with purpose, moving with intent. Purpose now enters the equation and when it enters the equation, it changes everything. It changes the way I look at church. It changes the way I participate in church. It changes the way I respond to people when they ask me, would you be involved? Could I count on you to help us? Would you join with us in this endeavor? You don't listen to the announcements anymore and say, well, I don't have time for that. There's a question in the back of your mind. If this opportunity has been presented, I wonder what I could help invest in in that future. I wonder how I could could invest in the outcome of this story. I wonder what kind of difference that I could make in the overall outcome of this church. You know, the sad reality is that according to facts, 80% of the people do nothing in the church other than just pew occupy a pew. That's terrible, but that's the truth. 20% of the people do the work. Now, that's a principle. It's called the Pareto principle, I think. You can go study it. I've studied it long enough. It makes me sick. I don't want a church that's 80-20. Not that way, at least. I'd like to reverse the trend. That may be the case in other churches where 80% of the people do 20% of the work. But what would happen if somebody would get that statement right there, that question etched in your mind this morning, and you would begin to live and act and respond according to that question and what that question dictates to me. Maybe we could reverse a twin, a trend, and instead of it being 80% non-participant and 20% workers, maybe we could switch that around to where we've got 80% workers and 20% non-participant. Why? Because somebody answered the question, so what? What can I do to make a difference? What can I do to make this church better? What can I do to help us grow? What can I do to reach somebody in my community? Amen, 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 amen. Somebody say, I want to make a difference. This is what I want to define this coming year. It's what I want to drive and direct everything that we do. This is what I want to be the determining end of every endeavor. I told our leadership team a couple of weeks ago that we are not planning activities this year. We are planning opportunities for ministry. We are planning opportunities for people to sow. What are we going to sow? Well, what do you want? Peace, joy, happiness, friendship. Love, compassion. You know, we come to church expecting the church to do something for us when the reality is if we would do something for the church first, then there would come back to us heap up and press down and running over everything that we desire. If we come in looking for something that we can contribute, 
rather than what we can get, what a difference it would make in the outcome of a year and a church. So what? What involvement will I find myself in this year? What will I sow? And when and where will I sow it? Such an attitude involves intention. It involves resolution. It involves determination. It involves commitment. And this is what I want to define us this year. I want it to determine how we have church. I want it not to be accidental. I don't want us to come to church on Sunday or Wednesday and have a great service and say, wow, that was a surprise. I want it to become such that if we don't have a blowout, we're wondering why we didn't have a blowout. I want to come to church with such an atmosphere of expectancy. If somebody doesn't get the Holy Ghost, I'm going to want to know what can I do to make a difference for the next service. If somebody's not being baptized in Jesus' name, then what can I do to help make sure somebody goes down in that watery grave? If somebody's not having a Bible study taught to them, what can I do to help bridge that gap and make up the hedge? So... What? Say it with me. Sow what? What are we going to sow in the coming year? Wherever we go, whatever we do, we are not here by accident. We are here by divine purpose. There is a divine intent that we are involved in. And we are not just here biding our time and beating the air But every day that I live, I am living with a divine ultimatum over my life. That you were born for a reason. Don't waste your life. Amen. Brother Steve McDaniel's death last year took away from us a very special man. But a man that was very special to me personally. Because many times during the day, he would text me. A message that God had given to him. And I remember one day coming home, he was very discouraged. And he was not feeling too good about where he was in God. And he was struggling. And he said, while I was driving down the highway, God said to me, If I kept you when you weren't living for me, don't you think I can keep you now that you are living for me? And he texted that to me, and I got up and shouted around my desk. I thought, God, if anybody needed to hear that, that man needed to hear it. But more than that, I needed to hear that. But I will never get over the text that he sent me one day. He said, Brother Hughes, God's been talking to me today, and he's asked me this question, and he's made me ask myself, is God getting what he paid for out of my life? Calvary, the cross, everything that he endured because of me, the pain, the anguish, the betrayal, the spit, the mud, the muck, the plucking, the piercing, the pain 
the suffering, when you look back over all of that and you ask yourself, why in the world would anybody go through that? He said, I did it for you. I did it because you needed me to do it. I did it because you could not do it for yourself. And if I did that, I just want to know, are you giving me what I paid for? Are you living in such a way that when you look back over your life, you can say with joy, I did all that I could do for him because he did all he could do for me. Amen. Amen. You are not here by accident. I am not an accident. My life has purpose. And we are not simply here to take time and to occupy space until our days are over. I want to live with an attitude of purpose. When I get up in the morning, I want to ask myself, so what? What am I going to invest in today? What am I going to give myself to? What are my energies going to be spent on today? How in what I'm doing contributing to the cause of Christ? What am I doing that's making our church better? What am I doing that's making the ministry of this church better? What am I doing that's making me a better person? What am I doing that is putting myself in a place where God can use me? There's a lot of people that want to be prematurely used by God. They're not ready for it. Number one, they don't pray and they don't study or they don't prepare themselves, but they want God to use them. God said, if you'll prepare yourself, I will use you. And if you will put your If you will position yourself for blessing, God said, I will pour out my blessing. And if you sow sparingly, I'm going to give it to you sparingly. But if you sow abundantly, if there's a gregarious spirit in what you do, if you can't give enough, if you can't do enough, God said, I'm going to turn back on you and I'm going to pour out on you an abundance that you can't contain. And if you sow abundantly, you shall also so reap abundantly. Amen. Somebody clap your hands to the Lord and give Him praise right now. God, help me to live by a different attitude in 2016. Let me live with a purpose and let me live knowing that every day is an opportunity. An opportunity to sow. Sow what? Sow peace. So joy, so friendship. You know, I was praying this morning, and, and, and some of those things were coming into my mind. And I thought, the Lord stopped me and said, you know what? There's some people that want friendship, and they complain about not having friendships, but they never sow the seed of friendship. What did the writer say of old? He that has friends, something to this effect, has to show himself friendly. You can't sit over on the side of the pew puffed up like a little toad on a mushroom and get mad because people walk by you and they don't recognize you. It may be you need to get off of that toadstool and decide, you know what, if I want friends, I'm going to have to make myself friendly. If I want people to connect to me, I've got to be willing to connect to them. I can't come to the church and gripe and complain because it doesn't meet my need. 
What are you doing to meet the need of the church around you? When you become consumed with that and you get away from the so what, what difference does it make? And you get into the attitude of purpose. God, there's an opportunity here for me. I've got something that I can contribute. It may not be enough, much, but whatever it is, little is much if God is in it. And so I'm going to do what I can. And I'm going to do it where I can. And I'm going to do it when I can. Because if I do what I can, you will do what you can. Oh, my, what a difference that will make. If you want love, then you're going to have to sow love. If you want spiritual growth, then you're going to have to sow the word in your own life. Amen. God, let this church become the become encapsulated in a vision of so what? A passion that burns in everything we do. I've come to tell you this morning that we are not doing anything just to fill a calendar or to take up your time and your energies. We're on a mission this year. I have commissioned all of our departments. Don't you dare put one thing on the calendar that you don't intend to follow through on and make it a success because it's going to help benefit and bless our church. I'm not interested in just giving people something to do. They've got plenty to do. They're already overtaxed and overburdened as it is. If we're going to do something, let's make it count. If we're going to do something, let's make it quality. If we're going to do something, let's make it top shelf. If we're going to do it, let's make sure we do it the best we can because God said if you'll sow abundantly, you will reap abundantly. If you give everything you've got, then God will give you everything he's got. And what an exchange. This is the question that I want to continually come to the forefront of our minds, an attitude of purpose, that we would live life on purpose. Amen. There's a, there's a lot of frustrated and bitter people in the world. And if you were to pinpoint what their problem is, I would dare tell you that it's because they have no sense of purpose in what they're doing. They get up, they get dressed, they go to a job they hate, they work around people that they despise, they go home to a neighborhood that they loathe, when all you need to do is open your eyes and realize that you have a neighborhood to come home to, that you have a house to walk into, that you have clothes to put on, that you had a car to get you there and get your back. It doesn't matter if it's new or old, if it's got rust spots or not. It doesn't matter what you've got. What the matter is in your mind, there needs to be a transformation that I am blessed just like I am. But I wonder if I took what I had and I gave it to God, what would he be able to do with the little that I give to him? So I live on purpose. My life is planned. It's intended. It's deliberate. It's not accidental. It doesn't just happen when I wake up in the morning I wake up with the knowledge that I'm here for a reason I'm here because God wants me here, and I'm not going to stay one moment longer. When my time is up, God's going to take me. So if God's not ready for me, I'm going to quit fearing death. I'm not going to get up wondering, oh, God, am I going to make it through the day? You're going to make it through the day because God said it's not your day yet. Whenever that day comes, I'm not going to let you know. I'm just going to take you, so don't worry about it. But be ready for what day that might be. But know this, that you're not leaving here till I get through with you.
And you're not leaving here until your time is up. So live on purpose. Do ministry on purpose. Worship on purpose. You know what I love about these music staff up here? I love it because they don't come to service with some predetermined, predecided idea about this is what we're going to do and we're going to we're going to determine the outcome of the service we use that as a template we have an outline of our service but i have instructed them that whenever god leads otherwise than what we have prayerfully decided then let's follow the lord and let's throw this out the window because i'm not interested in what i can do i'm interested in what he can do and when i get in touch with him when i get on his wavelength i can throw my have plans out the window and God has a grander plan. God has things to do in my life that I cannot even imagine. So when I come, I want to come worshiping with purpose. I want to come expecting things. I want to serve with purpose. I want to reach with purpose. I want to do all that I do because God has put me here for a reason. I want everybody to stand in the building. Amen. I want us to stand, and I want you to lift your hands to the Lord right now, and I want you to just give him some praise for a moment. Would you do that? All over this building, just lift your hands and say, God, I need you. I need you to help me get myself in the place where you want me to be. I I need you to, to get me in that place. God, where I need to be, where, where I'm living and walking and talking and acting and doing the things that you want me to do, that I, I am not forgetful, Lord, of what you have purchased. I'm not forgetful, Lord, of what you have done. I've come here, God, because you have called me. I want to live with purpose. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.